Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Nightcap here on a Friday night from uh, downtown Las Vegas on Fremont Street. We're at Circa, as you know. Circa's lively tonight. Got USA soccer. People are fired up, leading the Mexico two to nothing. We got upset watch going on with UNC and Brown. Huge top five college hoops matchup coming up. Still got to talk about the week end in college football, but a gentleman that obviously we know so well on the network, but we haven't had on the show in a couple weeks. Bring him on, JVT, our hoop insider. You still are NBA senior insider, even though you host uh, a show again? What, what, what's your title? Just host? Are we still senior NBA insider? What are we getting you there? Uh, I go by senior NBA analyst in, in the circles that it'll get me farthest. So, you know, you can call <laughs> me whatever you want, as long as it helps me out, you know? Well, I, I want to give you kudos because last night, uh, me and Sean were here. We're sweating out Pitt. Uh, laying six, six and a half, somehow gets home. Uh, you got yourself a little closing line value this evening with Brooklyn and New Orleans. Yeah, it was a good night for me uh, tonight, Tim. But yes, that one, for those who weren't paying attention, uh, Pelicans have the ball down seven uh, with the shot clock off. For those who don't know, the number opened up seven and a half, closed about nine. I laid the opener this morning with the Brooklyn Nets. I figured it was going to be a loser. It's fine. I had a pretty good night. Uh, but... After four offensive rebounds on the possession for New Orleans and uh, nary a bucket, Kevin Durant gets a rebound. And with 1.4 left on the clock, 
Josh Hart decides to foul Kevin Durant for some reason. Now, it's important because, like I said, it closed nine in some spots. So you hit two, <laughs> at the very least, you get a push. Kevin Durant misses the first free throw, hits the second, and covers the open. Does not get the push for the other betters who got in late and uh, ultimately got there. So uh, I feel like I deserve it. I don't know if you saw what happened on Monday after the Timberwolves blew a 14-point uh, lead with about five minutes left to go and lost in overtime by seven to the Timberwolves, or excuse me, to the Grizzlies. So uh, I feel like I deserved it. Uh, well, uh, that I was actually watching late last night. Uh, we, we This is uh, the edge uh, first 30 minutes because humans is going to join us uh, after you. Uh, but he had Northern Colorado last night. Similar yep. situation. There was a foul with a second to go. Uh, they were leading the whole game, but uh, I know he was uh, happy about that. And there might have been some expletives that were texted, I'm sure, to you and myself uh, about yep. that. But all right, let's 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 get to just big picture stuff. You know, right now, Golden State, uh, late in the second quarter, leading Chicago. Uh, but they've been phenomenal this year and still waiting for Clay Thompson to return. Um, you know, what has it been uh, about this Warriors team? And it, it almost feels a little reminiscent to, was it the Suns last year who got up to such a, a red-hot start? And, you know, we kind of just wondered, okay, are they for real? At what point do we go and attack this in the futures market? So from what you've seen from the Warriors so far and where they are in the futures market, uh, where do we stand and, and what's your, what's your thought process with golden state? So they're legit, man. Like they're, le- they're legitimately legit. Uh, if you look at the golden state warriors and what they've done at this point, uh, they are right now the best defensive team in the NBA. They're first in point, a hundred point or me, a points allowed per 100 possessions at 100.8. Uh, they have been absolutely fantastic. I mean, and that was the one thing I kind of banked on them being right. Like really solid defensively. A lot of people were surprised in conversations, you know, before the season started when I would tell them, yeah, Warriors were a top five defensive team last year. So we know that this is a legitimate thing that they're doing on that end of the floor. Steph Curry has been absolutely phenomenal for them on the offensive end. And now at some point you're going to get Clay Thompson back. I thought they were going to be good this year, but I thought it was going to be a late blooming type of good, right? Like I thought they were going to tread water, be around 500, get Clay Thompson back, make a really strong push, get like a 60 and be dangerous in the postseason. But that's not the case. Steve Kerr has done a tremendous job with this defensive scheme. He's done a great job developing talent as well. This is real. And so, you know, I've got him at plus 275 to win the Pacific. Uh, they're now right now in the range of about plus 160 to do so. Uh, they're the second choice or should be the third choice over at DraftKings to win the NBA title. It's all legitimate, man. And they're going to get better once Klay Thompson gets out there. It's extremely impressive what they've been able to do. And knowing and looking at the Western Conference right now and I feel like the Lakers are kind of doing what we expected them to do, which is up and down. LeBron's out right now. AD's dealing with a a thumb injury. Who knows what Russell Westbrook does from time to time. Uh, When you look at the Western Conference, would you power rate them as the best team, you know, knowing what the Lakers still have kind of sitting there in the cupboard with LeBron? Yeah, I, you know, I, I do have them power rated as the highest team. Uh, they're slightly above Utah. I think quite quietly, like the Utah Jazz, but part of the conversation that's not really being had with Utah is their bench actually has not been very good this year. Scoring-wise, it's been fine, but you're talking about efficiency. They have not been very efficient at all. Their offensive rating when Donovan Mitchell leaves the floor goes from about 112 to 104. Like, it's been a really stark contrast in terms of how inefficient this bench unit has been for Utah. You've seen glimpses of it. I don't know if you remember about last week, they had a road game in Chicago. Mike Conley didn't play. Their offense had absolutely nothing. So you take one piece out of that starting five, and Utah's really struggled. So, yes, at this point right now, Golden State is my power, power-rated team in the Western Conference. You know, there are some teams in the middle of the pack right now that I think are going to surprise some people as we move forward. I think you know you know me, so I think Clippers. you know which one of those teams. Yep, 
that day, man, they have won six great games. They are the second best team in terms of defensive efficiency in the NBA at this point right now. They're getting healthy, too. Remember, Marcus Morris hasn't played since the first game. Serge Ibaka just came back two games ago. So I've got the Golden State Warriors power ranked pretty highly. Uh, but outside of that in the Western Conference, it's a bunch of teams for me that are really near one another in terms of a power rating. Well, let's let's take a look at the Clippers. You know, is, yeah. is Kawhi... From what we understand, will Kawhi be back for the playoffs? And if so, you look at that team with the talent that they have. They're they're holding strong right now. Paul George is playing like a legit MVP. Plus eight fifty to win the Western Conference at DraftKings right now. Seventeen to one to win the title. You know that's banking on the hope that Kawhi comes back. So, you know, if he comes back, how is he going to be? But what do you think about futures takes on the Clippers? Yeah, so it's funny you were talking about this because I was actually shopping around the other day to find a Clippers future that I wanted to play. And ultimately, it wasn't the price that I wanted. You know, as much as I believe in this team, you know, they're being priced. You, you bring up a good point. They're being priced like Kawhi Leonard's coming back at some point, right? Like the, the books are protecting themselves to a certain amount of liability because you don't want to hang Clippers up at 25, 30 to 1 to win an NBA title. You know, you're building up a lot of liability on that. Kawhi Leonard comes back to the end of the year. And they're the team that we saw last year, which, as you know, and I, I believe, you know that I know that I believe this that the Clippers were the best team in the Western Conference a season ago, right? They looked like they were on the verge of winning that conference before Kawhi Leonard went down. So it, the prices right now, Tim, aren't really worth investing in. But I will say this. You know, I've got a Paul George MVP ticket at 50 to 1. You can still get him at 30 to 1. I, I think if you want to invest in the Clippers' success in the big picture, that's the route that you go. Because you mentioned he is playing at an MVP level during the six-game win streak. We're talking about averages of 27, 8, and 7. He's been absolutely phenomenal for this team in terms of what he's been able to do for them. So, you know, kind of circumventing that and trying to find a price that's investing in, I, I think that's kind of the way you go if you want to bite a big bang uh, for the Clippers. I think you go with Paul George MVP, which you can still find at 30 to 1, as opposed to getting a watered down price right now in the futures market. Talk once again to JVT. You see him each and every weekday and on Sunday nights, too, with opening lines yeah. with Matt Humans. Uh, at me, JVT, on Twitter, our senior NBA analyst here at VEASAN. All right, let's go to the top of the Eastern Conference standings, and it's two names that are surprising to some uh, especially the Wizards. The Bulls were very active this offseason. The Wizards shipped out Russell Westbrook in a trade that I actually thought was a great trade for the Wizards. They got pieces uh, to come in uh, for them. You look at those two teams, that's surprising. Let's start with the Wizards. How real is this? What's what's the reality for the Wizards? Can they, I would say, if they avoid the play-in game, that's probably a successful season for Washington. Oh, yeah. And I think that's that's essentially in the cards, right? Like, you're right. You know, the trade for Russell Westbrook, they they traded away Russell Westbrook and they got like a whole bunch of like B minus C plus players that are just rock solid in every single one of their roles. Right. Like Spencer Dinwiddie is a phenomenal basketball player. Montrezl Harrell, former six man of the year candidate. Right. He's another six man of the year candidate this season, too. So like what they have done is just stock up on some quality depth overall. And keep in mind too, remember, haven't really been fully healthy. When you talk about the guys that have been in and out of the lineup, Rui Hachimura hasn't been with the team. So there's a potential that they get a little bit better here. But I think you've hit it on the head. Like, I think for them, like a 6-5 seed type of deal is perfectly in the cards. And I think that's a really good season for them. You know, if you look at what they've been able to do from a defensive standpoint, I think it's a little troublesome when you look at some of their half-court numbers, right? Bottom half of the league, they've struggled in that end of the floor. That eventually is going to catch up with them. They're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. That's going to catch up with them at some point, too. But they're, like, solidly within that 4-5-6 range, I think. And I think it's perfectly plausible that they're going to be, like, the sixth seed of the Eastern Conference so they keep this up. Because they're they're solid. they got a lot of quality depth. So, earlier today, uh, our good friend, legend, Jimmy Vaccaro, tweeted out, uh, a futures bet over at the South Point, four grand to win 160k 
on the Bulls, 40 to 1 to win the title. Uh, they're 8 and 3. Uh, like I said, made a ton of moves this offseason, JVT. Uh, what, what's the ceiling for the Chicago Bulls this year? The, the Bulls are, like, for me, one of the more surprising teams. And it's not like I thought they were going to be bad. But, you know, I, I thought they were going to be like, you know, four or five, six team, right? Like in that in that mix in the Eastern Conference. But they check so many statistical boxes, man. Like if we're talking about their offensive and defensive ratings, right now seventh in terms of offensive efficiency. We're talking about fifth in terms of defensive efficiency. I think that defense takes a step back if you really analyze their schedule. They've taken on a lot of poor offenses. So that's going to start to creep back to average. But this offense, I think, legitimately can be a top 10 unit. But here's the thing, and we're starting to see the effects right now against Golden State. They were off to a really hot lead. Golden State's starting to dig into that a little bit now or on top. It's that their bench, Tim, is one of the worst in the NBA in terms of scoring. Coming into tonight, they were 28th. And now we're talking about Kobe White still not available. Patrick Williams done for a good chunk, if not all of the season, going into the postseason. So this was a bench that was already thin in terms of scoring, now starting to lose pieces or don't have pieces around them. So that's going to be the thing that holds back Chicago. I think as we start to expand out, right, as we start to play more games, you're going to see Chicago start to slip down the standings a little bit, mainly because while their defense is good, or excuse me, their bench is good defensive personnel, there's just no scoring on that bench. And I think that's ultimately something that's going to hold them back. You can follow Jonathan Von Tobel on Twitter, at me, JVT. Catch him weekdays, 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific with Matt Humans, And on Sunday nights, here from Circa, on the opening line show. JVT, always a pleasure, man. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. Good, Good to talk to you, bud. Thank you. There he is, Jonathan Von Tobel, his partner in crime, and my old partner in crime, the one and only Matt Humans. We got a college hoops game starting at the bottom of the hour, college football as well. Humans next right here on the Nightcap. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. game. segment of the nightcap being brought to you by zen nicotine pouches a fresh way to enjoy nicotine with all without all the baggage of cigarettes dip or vape no more smelling like an ashtray no more spit cups and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with zen nicotine pouches are smoke free spit free and available in 10 varieties like spearmint wintergreen citrus and many more and for your convenience each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find satisfaction level that's perfect for you zinn america's number one nicotine pouch is available in over a hundred thousand locations nationwide meaning it's never been easier to find your zinn so head on over to zinn.com find to locate a store near you that's zyn.com find warning this product does contain nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical it is the nightcap here on vsin as we keep our eyes on some games going on on this friday night including the smurf turf where my pokes, good job, Wyoming, keeping it close, 13-7 to 7 right now. They were catching 14, uh, so that was a number uh, we rolled with, so we're feeling uh, okay, but never want to count those chickens. Minute 37 to go in the third quarter. Big, big college hoop game coming up, bottom of the hour. Uh, last night, we talked about it. Uh, I was on Villanova, plus four and a half, as was this gentleman who joins us right now on the nightcap. It is Matt Humans. You hear him each and every weekday on the edge and also opening lines. Mr. Humans, bottom of the hour, top five showdown out at Pauley Pavilion. Villanova catching a lot of steam, some two and a halfs out there uh, as this line has moved two uh, uh, already. So, what are you thinking about UCLA and Villanova coming up here shortly? They fired up to see this one, Tim. And, uh, that's one thing that's great about college basketball. You get a lot of these high-profile matchups early in the season. The top teams will play each other, and they'll play on uh, true road courts, too. So this one, a Pauley Pavilion tonight, and uh, Jay Wright's team looked very impressive in the opener 
I know you were uh, impressed by Villanova, Villanova's performance a couple days ago. Now, uh, my concern about the Wildcats going into the season was their uh, small front line, and that's one reason I didn't bet a future on that team. I thought if they ran up against somebody in March that's a lot bigger, they're going to have problems. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a uh, big boy to replace, and I'm not, I wasn't sure how Villanova could do that. But I thought uh, Cats played well in the opener, and you know UCLA in that 37-point win over Bakersfield lost Cody Riley to power forward early, very early in that game. I think he played only four minutes. And he's not going to play tonight. And that's going to make a difference, I think, in this matchup. And that's why when you and I talked about it last night, uh, I went ahead and fired on Villanova plus four and a half. I was hoping to get five, mm-hmm. but never got a five. But that's okay with Cody Riley out. I think it's a better matchup for Nova. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, we talked about it. Uh, you and I did texting back and forth. And I talked about it on the show last night and when uh, Jim Root joined us as well. I, I, I think the Cody Riley absence... Uh, is a big difference, and I liked what Justin Moore was able to do. He's a strong dude. He can bully guards, uh, so it'll be a fascinating matchup. Uh, one more college hoop game before we get into the college football slate. Uh, it's it's a, a great showdown tomorrow night. Uh, I love the night window. I know people back east might not be happy, but uh, Gonzaga and Texas, uh, and this game's sitting right now seven and a half, and I know uh, in favor of Gonzaga. Uh, Ken Palm rated this 10. I was hoping to get eight and a half. There were some eight and a halfs earlier today. Uh, DraftKings opened eight and a half, but uh, here in Vegas, only seven and a halfs were available, and they're still available. Um, but you were not impressed uh, by Gonzaga and their opener against Dixie State. Is this a spot uh, to back the dog tomorrow night out at the kennel? I think it is. And, uh, you know, I tried to guard against overreactions early in the season, but I watched every minute of the Gonzaga game, and I was skeptical about this team. Uh, prior to the opener anyway, because you lose two of the top 15 picks in the draft, Jalen Sucks, Corey Kispert. Joe Ajayi was a very versatile guard for that team. He's gone too. Tommy Lloyd, Mark Few's top assistant coach, gone to Arizona. Mark Few, gone for the past week, suspended for uh, three meaningless games. He's going to be back for this one. Uh, I, I was impressed, I'll say, by Chet Holmgren, the freshman, yeah. but he was playing Dixie State. And they had a little guards driving in, trying to throw up uh, shots, hopeless layups over a pterodactyl who just swatted everything out of the way. And uh, it was been against boys in that game. But Gonzaga doesn't have a lot aside from Timmy and um, and Holmgren. And I think Julian Swather's a pretty good guard. Um, I didn't like the bench. I didn't think Gonzaga had much production coming off the bench. So I don't think it's a deep team. I think Chris Beard's got a really deep team. Yeah. Now the problem with the Longhorns is he's got a lot of new faces. And I think it's going to take a while for this team to start to uh, play near to our expectations. Texas is not going to be here in the middle of November or what it's going to be in the middle of February. That's pretty obvious. But you bring in Marcus Carr from Minnesota, Trey Mitchell from UMass. You got some big time transfers coming in. And Chris Beard's a great defensive coach. And uh, you're going to see a big difference in Texas this year because Shaka Smart was the guy who just rolled the ball out there and said, uh, let's go. And uh, Chris Beard's a guy who's a detail coach, a defensive coach. And uh, Texas is going to be um, a force. Here's one thing about the Ken Palm numbers I'll say quickly. I was in Hawaii a couple of years ago, and I tweeted out a play on Dayton over, I think it was Virginia Tech. And uh, Dayton was like a two-point favorite. And somebody tweeted back at me and said, Ken Palm has Virginia Tech favored by two and a half. And I, I said, look, I don't give a damn what Ken Palm's number says <laughs> early in the season. A lot of these early season Ken Palm numbers are, are based off what happened last season. Uh, there's no way Ken Palm's numbers can be as sharp now as they're going to be in a couple of months. He just doesn't have the same data to work with on the current teams. 
So uh, that's why I think as a better, you can find a little bit of value because a lot of times these bookmakers base their numbers off the Ken Palm site, and uh, those numbers can be way off. And I think Ken Pomeroy would admit that if you talk to him. There's no way his number's going to be as tight now as it will be in a couple months. So I'll take some uh, seven and a half with Texas. I already did. Uh, hey, I made this number quite a bit lower. So uh, I'll be I'll be uh, rooting for the Longhorns tomorrow night for sure. Catch more points than I think it should be getting. Yeah, I was hoping that it would be closer to Ken Palm's number of 10. Uh, but still, seven and a half, I think, is absolutely worth it. You mentioned the deep uh, nature of that bench uh, for Texas. Uh, let's get to college football and uh, a game, a team that you and I obviously keep a close eye on. We were texting about this team yesterday, and I have my skepticisms uh, about the availability of Brendan Armstrong. And we saw steam earlier tonight uh, pushing Notre Dame up to six and a half. When earlier this week that number got down to four and a half, and it just you know it gets your spidey senses up. Uh, that there might be something we don't know about Brennan Armstrong. And honestly, Matt, if I'm Bronco Mendenhall and I watched that Pittsburgh game last night, I'm saying I'm not playing my starting quarterback, who's basically my entire team, this weekend against Notre Dame. I'm holding him out for Pittsburgh because we can win the Coastal and we can win this conference. It is wide open. So when you look at this matchup tomorrow, now sitting six and a half in favor of the Irish at Virginia, uh, do you like this matchup for Notre Dame, knowing that even if Armstrong's out there, I mean, he's not going to be running nearly as much, in my estimation, as as we have seen with that rib injury? Yeah, I think you're right. In fact, he was awesome in that game at BYU. He was he so good. For, he counted for about 2,000 yards and six touchdowns, and they lost that game 66-49, but the Virginia defense gave up, I think, 725 yards. Uh, so... Yeah, what you said there is spoken like a true Notre Dame fan. Hey, sit out your quarterback. <laughs> sit out. Right? Come so on. It's more important to win the conference. Uh, every, every Notre Dame game's big on the schedule. I don't think Bronco Mendenhall is going to say, yeah, it's okay. We'll mail in this game against Notre Dame. We want to win the ACC. It's all, it's all up to Brennan Armstrong. Can he find his zen before tomorrow when this game kicks <laughs> off? Uh, he's got a rib injury, and I know um, – your co-host could tell you that any quarterback with a rib injury, it's very difficult to play, especially if you're a running quarterback. Uh, I've had rib injuries before, man. It's, it's tough to go no matter how bad you want to get out there. It's tough to go. If you take one shot, you could be done. Uh, so maybe it's smarter to sit him out, but that's going to be the quarterback's call, I'm sure. I did lay five with Notre Dame, Tim. I think the Irish really started to hit their groove a little bit. Uh, you know, After that early October loss to Cincinnati, Brian Kelly said he made some tweaks to the offensive line. I've seen that line playing better. Kyron Williams has really been explosive. He's rushed for about 515 yards in the last four games. And when that running game's going and the Irish offensive line's playing better, that makes Jack Cohn a better quarterback. I don't like it that Kyle Hamilton's out, but at this stage of the season, you know, he's very important to the Irish defense. But this stage of the season, almost every team's got a key guy or two out. And Notre Dame's defense should be able to uh, – be good enough, even without Kyle Hamilton. So I did lay five with Notre Dame. I'm happy with that number because if Armstrong doesn't play, that's a great bet. Yeah, there's no doubt. If Armstrong's out, that is absolutely uh, a great bet. Uh, well, we don't really have time. Can you can you sneak in another play in like 25 seconds, Matt? I'll just tell you what, some of the stuff I played. I played Tennessee plus 20 and a half, and I think Hendon Hooker and those balls receivers can test Georgia defense like it has not been tested yet before. I might be crazy. But I went with the big home dog in Knoxville tomorrow. I, I, I do not uh, disagree. Uh, I think that is going to be a challenging test there for Georgia. And it's crazy to me that Hendon Hooker didn't start the season 
uh, for Tennessee. Right, right. It, it just it never made sense, and maybe I would have covered against Bowling Green if Hendon Hooker was out there. Hey, Matt, we always appreciate it, man. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, let's bring home some winners. You bet. I will see you guys at circuit tonight. There he is, Matt Humans. Uh, let's discuss a little bit about that situation in Charlottesville and, and what you should do with the line. We'll look at the college football slate as well. It is the nightcap here on Visa. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. season is underway, and if you don't have it by now, what are you waiting for? The Beeson College Basketball Betting Guide. It's got trends, power ratings, analysis on every single team. There's 358. Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Newmans, many more, including yours truly, writing up each and every team, giving predictions, long shots. Head over to Beeson.com slash subscribe. Only $9.99. Uh, I know the number one team Matt Newman's had in that magazine for his power ratings, Kansas. Kansas winning today over mighty Tarleton State. Uh, shout out producer Aaron Oster bringing home a winner. BYU closing a, a three-point favorite at home, beating San Diego State. That one's 66-60. And uh, momentarily, uh, a game that we have talked about a decent amount, uh, Villanova and UCLA just about to tip off uh, with Villanova closing as a three-point underdog. I took the four and a half. We talked about it last night on the show. Uh, let's go Cats. Bring it on home uh, here for uh, Villanova. That game just about to start. Uh, we will be keeping you posted on it. I want to go to a, a college football game that is uh, obviously of intrigue to me uh, as a Notre Dame fan. But when I was coming into uh, the station tonight or uh, into Circa tonight, there was a couple tweets saw from Brad Powers, a couple others, uh, that there was steam here on Notre Dame. And, you know, this has been an interesting line to look at. Notre Dame taking on Virginia this week. And Brendan Armstrong, if you go back two weeks ago against BYU, late in that game, gets hit hard. And you can see him mouthing to his coaches, it's broken, pointing to his ribs. He did not play the remainder of that game. And they were off last week, UVA was, a bye week. He did uh, have an NIL deal and, you know, said he's feeling better. But then this week, Bronco Mendenhall, as you would expect, playing pretty coy, said it's going to be day-to-day, might be a game-time decision. But, you know, remember a couple weeks back when Dak Prescott was ruled out? We had Chris Andrews on the show, and he said, I've got an injury guy, and he's got it under good authority that Dak's not playing. Now, we don't have that yet. Uh, with Brennan Armstrong. But this steam, now it didn't steam through seven and, and to seven and a half. So it stopped. It stopped at six and a half. But this has been a number that kind of fluctuated, went down to four and a half, uh, opened six here at uh, Circa, went down to four and a half at most spots, was settling in around five, five and a half. And then you started to see it move a little bit. You know, I, I've talked about it with Sean. And I know humans was was joking, and and there is part of it that as a Notre Dame fan, I don't want to see Brendan Armstrong, a guy who is leading the country in all-purpose yards out there. He's tremendous. I think if he's healthy, 
I would think UVA has a, has a live chance to win this game. But if you're Virginia and your quarterback is dealing with a rib injury, by the way, they can't run. They have no running game whatsoever. He is their leading rusher. So if you truly want him to be that dual threat, dynamic type of player, he's not going to be that on Saturday night. And as important as this is, this game is probably for recruiting and tons of fans are going to be there, ABC primetime, there's a bigger picture. And that is huge. You know, you want to impress your recruits that are there playing Notre Dame, beating Notre Dame. But you've also got Pittsburgh next week, a Pittsburgh team that showed very vulnerable yesterday, a Pittsburgh team, if Brendan Armstrong is healthy, I think they could beat Pittsburgh and potentially win an ACC championship. If they win that game next week, they're in the driver's seat to win the Coastal Division. So the steam was something today, folks, where it just got the spidey senses going where I don't have it, you know, there's no, if you scour Twitter, there's no one sourcing out that Brennan Armstrong is out. So I don't want to put that out there yet. But when you see this start sort of steam, it does start to get you thinking, you know, maybe Armstrong is going to be out. And if I'm Virginia, I don't play him. I really don't. Because I think of uh, Virginia in this spot where I can potentially go to win this ACC championship. So that would be something to keep an eye on. And, you know, I go back to what Brad Power said about this game on Monday night, and I still think it's true right now. At six and a half before it gets to that key number of seven, I still think this is a bit of a free roll on Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame's got their issues too. No Kyle Hamilton, All-American safety. Their secondary is suspect. And like I said, if Brendan Armstrong was 100% healthy coming off a bye week with the weapons that they have out there and no Kyle Hamilton, I think this number has a ton of sharp action on it, and I think it moves towards three, three and a half. But that defense is obviously a massive liability. Notre Dame's offense is starting to figure things out with that more up-tempo type of play. Offensive line is blocking well. I think under seven... I mean, I'm not telling you to go crazy, but I think it is worth a bit of a free roll under the feel that maybe Brennan Armstrong is, in fact, not going to play. You know, by the way, what's really fantastic is I'm watching Wyoming and Boise State. I've got uh, 14 with Wyoming. Boise State has done nothing tonight offensively. Absolutely nothing. Don't worry. A little pick six can help you out there. So, Boise State just bringing it down a little bit. Uh, not all the way into the end zone, uh, but uh, that one, uh, a terrible interception uh, thrown behind uh, the receiver, and now Boise State will be threatening here uh, to try to win this game. UCLA and Villanova uh, about to get underway. Uh, the fighting Danielle Alvarez uh, there at Pauley Pavilion hosting Villanova. Tremendous game. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more Gonzaga uh, and Texas as the show goes on, too. But looks like a great crowd there. Uh, you know, give a lot of credit to Jay Wright. We talked about it last night. Jay Wright has been an underdog just 10 times in the last five years. Seven and three ATS in those games, this being the 11th time. So uh, Villanova and UCLA just underway. Steam on Villanova. I saw our friend Patrick Everson tweet out. Uh, I think BetMGM said there was sharp action on Villanova uh, right out of the gates. Uh, that moved that number down. Tickets, I, I believe he said, were around uh, one and a half to one or two to one on UCLA. Uh, just to bounce around a little bit on the college uh, on the college football board, 
Michigan State and Penn State. Now, this game didn't make the bankroll for me, which we will get to uh, here on the other side. Uh, but when I look at Michigan and Penn State, and I tweeted this out earlier today, a buddy of mine is a meteorologist here uh, in Las Vegas, and he went to Penn State. So I, I asked him to take a look at the forecast because, as many of you know, rain doesn't really affect the total. Wind does. And this game, to me, with the way that Penn State plays defensively, uh, with Corum being out for Michigan uh, in the backfield, it's going to be a lot of Hassan Haskins. I think this is an underplay. Uh, I've personally played it at 48 and a half. Uh, I know Kenny White liked the under as well. But I think the weather just adds an element to it. I love that John Jansen, now frequent guest of, uh, of the show here, uh, retweeted, uh, my tweet and said, that sounds like beautiful football weather. It does. I mean, when we're sitting on our couches tomorrow, whether you've been on the East Coast watching that game at noon or here in the West, you know, watching that at 9 a.m., it's going to be pretty. It's going to be beautiful to see this sloppy, old school, whatever cliche you want to put out there, lunch pail type of football game. But at 48 and a half, 48 being a key number, I would still play it under. Now, Chris Andrews last night said, both these teams are kind of built for the inclement weather. I wouldn't be so uh, bullish on playing the under. That's fair. And, you know, I, I love talking to Chris, and he kind of points out some some maybe uh, square sides. I never think that an under is going to be that square, but maybe this game is because of the Big Ten nature and Penn State's inability to uh, to score at times. But, you know, to me, when I look at this game, knowing that um, – Cade McNamara is a little bit banged up, knowing that you've only got one running back of that two-headed monster in Haskins and Corum. I think John Harbaugh is probably going to try to slow it down a little bit, you know, control the pace, and I like the under. I do. It didn't make the bankroll, uh, but with that weather, wind gusts going to be in, at 25 miles per hour yesterday, uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be raining off and on in the low 40s. It is going to be an ugly game. And natural field there uh, at Happy Valley. So I would look towards the under uh, in Penn State and Michigan. Um, you know, another game uh, just kind of bouncing around that's, uh, you know, been moving uh, a little bit has been this Nevada and San Diego State game. And the the question I have about Nevada, and I didn't get to this with Matt Humans, was you know, Nevada's tight end, who is an absolute stud, you know, eight touchdown receptions already this year. He's in concussion protocol. If he doesn't play, that is something to keep a very close eye on. I like San Diego State. Not another bankroll play. Kind of got a little bit out of control for me uh, at three. But I think earlier this week, there was steam on San Diego State for a reason. They are ugly, ugly offensively. But Nevada is a one-dimensional team with Carson Strong. If their tight end is out, that's something to keep an eye on. I think the Aztecs take care of business tomorrow night. All right, we'll get to my bankroll plays on the other side. Get you updated on UCLA Villanova as well. It's the nightcap here on Visa.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my <laughs> This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network. Thank you. 
Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Tim Murray riding solo. We'll see if Sean King uh, pops on by. Uh, had some things to deal with today, so uh, we'll get his plays. I, and I'm going to feel a little lonely uh, when I put up my bankroll plays and Sean inevitably would put up like one. Do we have his bankroll plays? Are we allowed to show them, Aaron? No, all right. We'll wait till the end of the show to show his bankroll plays. Uh, just a quick update of the college hoop game that I am keeping an eye on, UCLA and Villanova. Uh, five minutes in, UCLA with a 6-4 lead over the Wildcats. They just showed Bill Walton uh, in the stands enjoying this game. Uh, not enjoyable is how inevitably Boise State's going to get the cover here. It was uh, nip and tuck back and forth. Uh, Wyoming's doing nothing offensively, but they've been playing well defensively. What hurts you is is interceptions and the interception set them up. They were able to score now 20 to seven. We're catching th- uh, 14 here. Uh, so we need that to come home. Wyoming just punted away. So need the, the pokes defense to, uh, to step up another one of those uh, letdown spots. We looked at for Boise state, which really looked the part. I mean, it was 10 to seven and a half, 13 to seven going into the fourth quarter, but you throw a bad pick and that's, uh, that's where you stand. It's interesting. Just, Keeping an eye on Villanova and UCLA, getting off to a a slow start offensively. Uh, Maybe a little bit wound tight here. Uh, Villanova shot the lights out uh, against Mount St. Mary's in their opener. But you're at home playing on rims that you feel comfortable with. Right now, Villanova 2 of 12 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3. And on the other side, UCLA 3 for 10 and 0 for 5 from 3. So, yeah, not the prettiest start. For UCLA and Villanova, um, I I don't want to put too much stock into it, but you know some people have brought up the clock, the mental clock there for Villanova being from the East Coast, playing at 11:30. Come on, they're college kids. I'm sure they'll be just fine playing late. Uh, it's just you know you're playing against a high level competitor, packed house, national stage. Might be some butterflies, you know, unusual spot there too. So slow start for this game, six to four. Uh, under 14 minutes to go in the first half. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to my bankroll plays here. And once again, Sean not being here, not as fun uh, to hear him and the peanut gallery chirping there. But uh, he wasn't chirping very loudly last week as we were scratching and clawing with our fingernails to get to the black. We are still in the red. We've had a couple bad weeks. Last week was a great week. I believe we were up over $500. We work with $1,000 each and every week. All right, so let's get to the bankroll. And it starts with a team that I backed last week, Boston College. Boston College, a short dog on the road at Georgia Tech. Yes, this was Brad Powers' favorite play uh, of the week, and uh, I agree with him. Uh, I was on Boston College last week. That was part of the bankroll. That was a nice big hit. Uh, Outright winner as a three-point home dog. I just feel like this team's going to carry it over. You know, they're five and four on the season. A win gets them to bowl eligibility. Phil Jerkovic was not 100% last week, but came out there with the hand injury, you know, went seven of 13 through the air, rushed for 65 yards. I think they're going to carry that over. Uh, Georgia Tech, I wouldn't say a necessarily big letdown spot, but they were down in Miami, uh, had that really a chance to pull an outright upset as about a nine, nine and a half point underdog against the Canes, lose by three. Now they're coming back home. Uh, I think this is an opportunity where Boston College 
can take care of business. This line opened around two, two and a half this week, has moved down to one. Uh, and I think Boston College actually closes as a favorite uh, before kickoff tomorrow. So Boston College, we will ride with them even money on the money line earlier today. So 120 to win 120 on Boston College. Minnesota plus five at Iowa. I'm going to go 220 to win 200 on this one. I don't think people want to back Minnesota. Uh, We talked to Chris Andrews last night, five to one ticket count at South Point as of last night on the Golden Gophers, but this line has continued to move in favor of Minnesota, which, as you know, is music to my ears. Uh, At South Point right now, it's down to four. Uh, Earlier today, it was five. That's where I played it at earlier today. You could have got a better number earlier this week. This, This has the makings of a field goal game all over it, one way or the other. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota won this game outright. Uh, but to be getting five, yes, they're on the road in Iowa City. But you know, you look at this Iowa team, and it, it's one that can be got. Um, I, they were smoking mirrors. They were fortunate with turnovers early on in the year. Never, uh, no one thought that they were a legitimate number two team in the country. And for Minnesota, everything's in front of them for an opportunity to play for the Big Ten Championship, as for as, as is for Iowa, too. But Minnesota plays Wisconsin at the end of the year. And remember this, Minnesota lost to Illinois last week. So we're getting them at a very low spot. Uh, sharp money coming in on Minnesota. We're going to go with the Gophers. Low total. We'll take the five with Minnesota. This has been a game that we've talked about quite a bit this week, Arkansas. Now, LSU, they've got their dual-threat quarterback in uh, Neusmeyer. Uh, he's really good. Uh, talking to Jimmy Ott earlier this week, he thinks that's the wrinkle that could really you know, throw a wrench into Arkansas taking care of business uh, on Saturday. It is a night game. It is a Death Valley, which historically is one of the most daunting places to play. you got Penn State White game. you got Death Valley at night. Those are two of the most challenging places to play. But let's think once again back to last week. LSU went to Alabama. They held Alabama, the number two team in the country, their arch rival, scoreless for 28 minutes. They had a first and goal from the 10-yard line, and they went away with no points. They kick a field goal there. Maybe they're able to kick a field goal, force overtime. Ed Orgeron went for fourth down seven times. How are they going to be able to turn around, duplicate that type of energy, that type of performance, Arkansas just wants to run the ball down your throat. That's what they want to do all day long. LSU looked good defensively last week. Is it sustainable? I don't know. I'll lay the two and a half uh, with Arkansas. Another game that is just a pure, we were on them one week, we're fading them the next week. It's Ohio State against Purdue. Uh, We talked about this week, massive letdown spot for Purdue. Purdue beat Iowa earlier this year on the road. What did they do the next week? Lost by 17 to Wisconsin. They go and obliterate Michigan State. Incredible performance. Aiden O'Connell throws for over 500 yards. David Bell was phenomenal. I think this could be an opportunity for Ohio State, who, by the way, hasn't looked great the last couple of weeks. Nine-point win two weeks ago against Penn State. Nine-point win against Nebraska last week. And now they're laying almost three touchdowns? And this is a public dog. Public dog here in Purdue. Chris Andrews last night letting us know about two-to-one ticket count And he was surprised, legitimately on air, saying, wow, two two to one. I'm surprised by that. Yep. So we're taking Ohio State. That line's going to move. I think that line ends around 21. We'll take under the three touchdowns. 
I like Ohio State in this spot. We were on Purdue last week. We'll go against them this week in a clear letdown spot. Last game for college football. This is more of a uh, a bit of a shot in the dark. Situational spot. Washington State at Oregon. Mario Cristobal is a double-digit favorite. He just doesn't cover. And this is a big, big spot for uh, Washington State, right? They've got an opportunity, believe it or not, still to play for something in the Pac-12 if they win this game. Now, I don't think they'll win this game outright, folks, but I'm getting 14 with a Washington State team coming off a bye who everyone wanted to fade. Look, I wanted to fade them after Nick Rolovich was fired and four other coaches. But in this spot, it feels like something's turned here for Washington State. They beat Arizona State. They lost to BYU by two. They've covered, I believe, four straight games here. And they were playing well prior to the uh, the firing of Rolovich. And they've continued to play well. Seems like they're playing for him. And Oregon's at home. It's a night game. Next week, they go to Utah in the most important game of their season. They want to keep their playoff hopes alive. They have to win that game. They'll be a short underdog there. I'm just going to take the points. Mario Cristobal pointed out by Chris Felica uh, earlier today, uh, this week on Twitter, last seven games is a double-digit favorite. Guess what? 0-7 ATS. And then to the NFL, this line just stinks. Uh, Alvin Kamara ruled out. I don't care. I like the Saints here. The Titans have been terrific. There's no reason uh, that they should only be a three-point dog here on the road uh, against the Tennessee Titans. And you might be wondering, what did that Alvin Kamara uh, situation do to the line and do anything? Uh, They were kind of baking it in already. So Saints plus the three. Best I could find was minus 120. Uh, So we got to pay 120 to win 100. I'll take them on the money line as well. So there you go. There's my bankroll. Boston College, Minnesota, Ohio State, Arkansas, Washington State plus the 14, Saints plus the 3, Juiced minus 120, and then Saints on the money line. Hopefully another successful week for the bankroll. No Sean to laugh at my picks. Feel a little empty inside. Jared Smith coming up at the top of the hour. It's the nightcap here on Visa. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 